This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Warning, the Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture, and here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. Welcome to the free version of the Michael Savage podcast, and I'm going to keep it free for all of you. But there are many of you who would love to be able to listen to my show without any ads. I love ads, but many of you want to listen to the podcast free of ads. So we created something for you, a solution. We call it the Savage Premium. For less than the price of one flat, tasteless beer at your local bar, you can receive access to all of my podcasts going back years ad-free for just $3.99. That's at $3.99 a month. You'll get not only my ad-free podcast, but you will also occasionally receive access to material that is exclusive for members only, and I'm going to give you the list in a minute of what you've, what you've missed. You're going to get an occasional monologue from me, maybe a reading from one of my novels, sneak peeks of interviews before anyone else hears them, archive pieces dating back to 1994. Many things that come up, you're going to get exclusive access to Michael Savage material. Details can be seen on my website, michaelsavage.com, and if you want to join... All you got to do is go to glow.fm and search Savage Premium. That's glow.fm and search Savage Premium. Now, you will always have access to my free weekly podcast. I want to be clear about that. That's my promise to you. But if you want less ads and more Savage, join the Savage Premium Club today and never miss a spoken word of mine. It's glow.fm slash Savage Premium. You can find it on michaelsavage.com. And here's some of the stuff that you have missed so far. Michael Savage reading from his best-selling novel, Countdown to Mecca. My words, my voice. Savage reads from one of his lost journals, Fiji, 1968. Savage's first drive-time show, Hour One. My interview with the Jewish gangster, very popular. I uh, read from my first written, published article, Who Was at the Helm, from 1965. It's heard nowhere but on my premium site. I read passages from my novel, Abuse of Power. Uh, we replayed Fat Al's Tuna. My Savage show from 324.94, the earliest show in the archive, 324.94. My interview with Donald Trump from 110.2011. 110.2011, while Mark Levin was mocking him and Sean Hannity was mocking him uh, and the others were mocking him, I was interviewing Trump. Much more. And remember, subscribers also get ad-free podcasts every week. The cost is less than a beer at a bar, and you get a better buzz with, with the Savage Premium. So go to, go to glow.fm slash Savage Premium for full access to ad-free podcasts and exclusive sound you'll not hear anywhere else. Thank you very much. Welcome to the Michael Savage Podcast. America is being assassinated. Biden's border bomb has gone off, and there is no border anymore. Not north, south, east, or west. We're about to speak with Michael Cutler, who is a retired senior special agent of the former Immigration and Naturalization Service. It was actually a very agitating interview for me because here's a man who agrees with so many pessimists who say nothing can save us. It's catastrophe. This is worse than the coronavirus that has entered America. Americans are searching for answers. And I don't know the answer. Will there be a revolution at the border? 100,000 Americans show up. Will that stop anything? With this gangster regime, they would arrest you before they would arrest MS-13. And so I go back to literature. I fall back upon literature. And I ask, will our bold peasantry go gently into that good night? And I quote Oliver Goldsmith, written in 1770. 
Irish-born poet who was friends with some of the great literary and political luminaries of his time, including Samuel Johnson, James Boswell, Sir Joshua Reynolds, and Edmund Burke, maybe names that you know if you studied English literature. For some reason, his words came to my mind tonight. Ill fares the land to hastening ills a prey, where wealth accumulates and men decay. Princes and lords may flourish or may fade. A breath can make them as a breath has made. But a bold peasantry, their country's pride, when once destroyed, can never be supplied. The psychopathic destruction of America by both parties, based on greed and nothing but greed, using fake data and insults to anyone who dares stand up to them, such as racist, etc., is the mark of a dictatorship. It's the mark of thugs posing as politicians. My friends, I've studied history, and I know about the famines. I know about the invasions. I know about the governments who have turned on their own people. And I will say this to you. It's the progressive Americans who are responsible for this meltdown, only up to about 50%. And the other 40% of the puzzle is because of people like Mitch McConnell and the fake Republicans. Remember, our fight for America still continues. And it's up to each one of us to at least be conscious of the problem in order to solve the problem. I want to thank you for listening and God bless America. Borders, language and culture. Welcome to the Michael Savage podcast. Today we're talking about a topic that has been near and dear to my heart ever since I entered the political arena, uh, and that is the issue of immigration and borders. And we have a great guest, Michael Cutler, who I happened to see on Newsmax the other night, and he didn't have enough time. He's going to have enough time with us today. Lucky for me, he graduated from Brooklyn College of CUNY, and I graduated Queens College of CUNY uh, a, a little before he did. Uh, But Uh more than that, he's a retired senior special agent of the former INS, Immigration and Naturalization Service. He's been around it and he knows what it is. He became the first INS agent to be assigned to the Unified Intelligence Division of the DEA. That's a big deal. And in 1991, was promoted to the position of senior special agent and assigned to the Organized Crime Drug Enforcement Task Force. And what's important about that is that all we hear about is the immigrants and the babies and they're not getting the right food and they reject the food. Did you see that one in Staten Island the other day? They didn't like the food that was offered to them and they wanted food from a local Mexican restaurant. It's hard to believe how far we have fallen because I have said for all the years I've been writing about this subject, without borders, there is no nation. Borders, language, culture. There is not a nation on earth that has not been defined by its borders, language, and culture. Even small nations in the Caribbean, and I've spoken with people from the Caribbean who said to me, of course, we have borders and of course we have border controls. We'd have no we wouldn't be Trinidad. We wouldn't be Jamaica. We wouldn't be the nation that we are. We're defined by our geography. We're defined by our language and our culture. How is it then that a president and an administration can break a border like this, flood America with allegedly four million, it may be more, on top of the millions that have been coming in since before him well let's go to the guest that we have now and find out where the scorched earth policies of biden are actually coming from mr cutler welcome to the michael savage podcast thank you so much for having me uh, dr savage i presume you prefer being referred to that way uh, oh call me michael okay you and me both we have the same name <laughs> so as well. two michaels talking about a horrible subject you know and, i can't and, and from brooklyn no less or from new york city Michael, you know, I can't sleep at night. Some nights I wake up. I try to put it out of my mind. I've been in this business for a long time. I try to put out of my mind what I see going on. And I say, you know, we can recover from a lot of things. A country can recover from a recession. A a country can extricate itself, itself from a foreign war. But a nation cannot recover from a demographic change of this nature. Do you agree with that? I I absolutely do. And, and, you know, in addition, this is such a personal issue for me on so many levels. 
First of all, I'm first generation American. I'm Jewish. My mother came here as a 13 year old. My grandmother couldn't get out of Poland. I was named for her. She died in the Holocaust. I'm a first generation American as well. Right. And, and you know, I've traveled around the country and all of this divisiveness is a manufactured divisiveness. And it's being done by corporate America, by politicians on both sides of the aisle. It, it's incredible. I, I've been from coast to coast, border to border, as the saying goes. And we're mm-hmm. very similar. We all have the same concerns. The nonsense of Latino voters and black voters is fabricated. This is pitting American against American. And I've testified before something like 17 congressional hearings in the House and Senate. I gave testimony to the 9-11 Commission. And this crisis that has been you know, exacerbated exponentially by Biden began a long time ago, and it's both parties. The globalists see our borders as an impediment to wealth. I so much as had someone tell me that during a recess at a congressional hearing before the House Judiciary Committee. That's an important point for me because we hear nothing from the Republicans on this. So we know that the Mitch McConnell wing of the so-called Republican Party wants the flood of illegal aliens. Why? I mean, we hear cheap labor. Is that true? Are they working? I don't see them all going to work. They're living in Marriott's across America. Where, where are they working? Yeah, it's not only it's not only the work. Uh, if you look at the drugs, why are there no commercials? And again, I spent half my 30 year career with the drug enforcement uh, program. Um, I had desks at the FBI, DEA, ATF. I work with foreign governments. Why are there no commercials on television the way there have been and continue to be about cigarettes? Uh-huh. Tragically, I lost my dad to lung cancer when I was 19. He was 57 because he worked in the shipyards during the Second World War. Where, the Brooklyn Navy Yard? Brooklyn Navy Yard. And then he went to Louisiana. Um, they wouldn't let him in the military. His brother was in the Army Air Corps. And after the Sullivan brothers, if you were the sole surviving male member of the family, yeah. you couldn't go to the military. And he even tried to use a fake name. He was desperate to kill Nazis. And no matter what he tried, oh. they said, sorry. So he said, look, if I can't kill these bums, let me at least help the boys who are. And he worked in the shipyards because he was a plumber. Oh, he, he was, was a, a plumber on the, in the in the shipyard on the, the new ships being built. He helped. Yes. Them. And repairing the ships that came in all shot. Oh, up, yeah. Soaked in blood. You know, Michael, I, re- stories- I remember driving as a little boy over the Williamsburg Bridge. And I've reminisced about this on the radio show that I had and on in my books. Uh, over the Williamsburg Bridge as a little kid and looking down through the grates and over to the right was the great Brooklyn Navy Yard. And I would see yep. the ships. We're talking about I'm born in 42, so I'm talking about 45, 46. Yeah, they're coming back with holes in them. Yeah. And and I see this enterprise called America right below my eyes, rebuilding these damaged ships. It was so inspiring to me. And by the way, I don't know if you know this. Do you know what limited the height of the battleships and the the aircraft carriers? The Williamsburg Bridge. (laughs) The Brooklyn Bridge. <laughs> okay. They had to be able to get under the Brooklyn Bridge. Oh, my God. Isn't that so, something? you know, it's so important to understand this. And, you know, everyone says, well, the immigration system is broken. It's not broken. Now, this may sound shocking. No, it's not broken. It's what they it's want. It's a delivery system. It has become a delivery system wow. that delivers an unlimited supply of cheap, exploitable labor, not just the illegals, but the high tech workers. Well, Michael, they're not working. These women that I see with babies are living on the fat of the off the fat of the land in the hotels provided with taxpayer money. So, so let me just make the point. So what is this system delivering? And half the people in Congress on either side of the aisle are immigration lawyers or are having their campaigns funded by AILA, the American Immigration mm. Lawyers Association. Mm-hmm. So what we have is a delivery system that delivers an unlimited supply of exploitable labor, including high-tech visas, okay, the H-1Bs and so forth, and ex- an unlimited supply of foreign tourists. Reagan gave us the visa waiver program, an unlimited supply of foreign students. We've been educating Chinese engineers and computer programmers, they've committed espionage so frequently in America that the intelligence services refer to it as Chinese takeout. Oh and my finally, God. they deliver an unlimited supply of clients for immigration law firms and Thank clients you. for these so-called NGOs, these euphemistically referred to as non-profits. I wrote an article for Front Page Magazine. I do a ton of writing for Front Page. Is that Horowitz's just, magazine? The David Horowitz. Yeah, good, good organization. Center. Great. I'm proud to be part of it. I've been working for him since 2014, contributing articles to front page and realized that recently it was disclosed by the Office of Inspector General and Judicial Watch that 
um, a, one of these nonprofits got a $500 million plus no bid contract. They'd never done this before to house the illegals because somebody who had worked for Biden on the transition team left Biden and went to work for the nonprofit. Did you say and a half a billion dollar contract? Yes. Yes. And it turned out that they were paid something on the order of 17 million for beds that were never even used. Oh. Everybody is feeding at the trough. Michael Savage, a host like no other. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. So the Catholic charities that we see greeting them at the border, I see I've seen pictures of the overweight nun. There's one nun that kept appearing, you know, welcoming them, giving them a welcome basket. Catholic charities makes, I know, several billion a year off the federal government, meaning a taxpayer. But it's not just the Catholics. I don't want to target Catholics. No, it's look, it's the Hebrew Educational Thank Society. You. And I, I, I'm Jewish. Everyone is feeding at the trough. Now, understand the problem. Right, and by the way, we have to be careful about language. I was originally going to be an engineer when I lost my parents to cancer when I was in college. I wasn't able to study. Two of my boys are mechanical engineers. My, my degree was in communications, arts and sciences. I call it my B.A. and B.S. Um, <laughs> but but listen, language matters. Orwell certainly understood that. If you want to understand what's been happening to America, read 1984. It will, it will flesh it all out for you to begin with. I hear people who are conservatives refer to the lunatic left as liberals. They're not liberals. I'm a liberal. I raised my kids to be liberals as my parents raised me to be liberal. What's a liberal? Don't get excited, folks, because a liberal is a good thing. A true liberal believes that everyone is entitled to a perspective and everyone is entitled to articulate their thoughts and their perspectives. We don't have to agree. Michael, I, look, we know that Kennedy today would be called a fascist when he was. A oh, absolutely. Liberal. So my point is, how do we attribute to fascists? And now we're talking about the, the so-called Democrats, the notion that they are liberals. You can't be a liberal and have cancel culture going at the same time. You can't be a liberal and vilify one group of Americans against another. That's how the Holocaust started. Scapegoating the Jews during the Nazi regime. Now it's the whites that, that, that bear the responsibility for all that's right. gone Attacking wrong with whites America. with so-called white privilege, which is a myth, yep. uh, uh, et cetera, is exactly how it started in Nazi Germany. And if it's not stopped, it will it will lead to the death camps if it doesn't stop. I agree with you. You know, there's a saying that I used as an intro uh, dedication. Roman civilization did not pass peacefully away. It was assassinated. And I used that in my book, Scorched Earth, back in 2016. It was a French scholar. No one knows who he is. Andre Pijaniol. Roman civilization did not pass peacefully away. It was assassinated. You agree with me that this country is being purposely assassinated? Yes, absolutely. And let me tell you what I, what I see happening. OK, um, what I really see happening and, and, you know, again, uh, by the way, I'm registered as a Democrat. I haven't voted for a Democrat in years because they're not Democrats. I'm a labor guy. My, my dad and his buddies on the construction trades without blue collar, we wouldn't have a country. We'd be living well, in caves I, and under listen, trees. I grew up as a social worker, but I'm no Democrat. Once affirmative action bit me in the ass, pardon me. And after sure. killing myself as an immigrant son to get a Ph.D. and two master's degrees, mm -hmm. they said drop dead because you're white. I realized yep. what it means to have your life destroyed and taken from you by a society that is intent upon using race as a weapon. Well, that's right. And, and so understand that that's exactly what we're witnessing. And you're looking at corporate America. That's why I don't believe in America first. I believe in Americans first, mm -hmm. because the phrase America first is frequently used by the globalists and the corporatists mm. to justify bringing in an army of cheap, exploitable oh, labor. I had a major argument with Bob Goodlatte at the time he was chairman of the House Judiciary Committee, Republican. 
He was pushing H-1B visas. My first wife tragically died of cancer when she was in her early 30s. Oh my God. She was a brilliant program, a Phi Beta Kappa graduate, MBA in computer science. Most of her colleagues, most of the people who worked with her and for her had the same kind of credentials. And you had good lads saying, let's flood America with people from India. Why? Because they're cheaper. They work for less money and they're more yeah, and they're more. Pliant. Not only that, they're more pliant. But, but there's, no, but there's another reason. Bob Goodlatte is an immigration lawyer. Oh, God. And he specialized in. Give me a drum roll, please. H1B visas. But it got worse because when I spoke glowingly about my late wife, may she rest in peace. I'm since remarried. We have kids together. But, you know, mm. uh, the loss of a loved one isn't the a flu. It's an amputation. And I said, so here were these brilliant programmers that I used to hang out with being replaced through no fault of their own because we are flooding America with programmers from the third world. And who's making the money? The lawyers. And this guy said to me that his son knows a lot about computers and he'd love to see thousands of brilliant Indians come to America. And I said, what are the Americans? Chop liver. That was the end of the conversation. But when he said it, I went home and I looked up his son. Go look up his son, Bobby Goodlatte. Got to start with Zuckerberg at Facebook. Okay, made a fortune. How? Bringing in cheap programmers. So understand when you ask why are the Republicans doing it? If you don't care about America, if you know the price of everything and the value of nothing, and you could make money through immigration by these nonprofits, by these NGOs, okay? The politicians are the employees of K Street. Think about it. Think about the employer employer relationship. Well, that's why I'm a Trump supporter, because I understand when he talked about closing the border, he didn't do it. He tried. He was stopped or building the wall. He tried. He didn't really do what he tried to. uh, But he's the only one actually talking about the border and the drugs. But it's more than the border. He actually talked about executing drug dealers. He's actually been saying that recently. Incidentally, Michael, have you heard Trump's speeches? He's talking about executing drug dealers. Well, let me tell you, if you look at what's happening, America is being attacked with chemical warfare. Wow. We we lost 3000 people on 9-11. The ashes landed on my home. What infuriated me, not only the fact that my neighbors died, America was attacked. I had testified before May 20th, 97, my first hearing. What was it on? Immigration fraud and visa fraud. Mm -hmm. You cannot control the border at the border. Let's be very clear. Without interior enforcement, border security is impossible. Impossible. Mm-hmm. You know, I've had many closed door session meetings with members of Congress beyond the hearings. Hearings are good, but they're almost kangaroo courts. Mm-hmm. The real productive stuff happens in a closed door session where there's no little time limit and you got the little lights in front of you and you push the button and you say, may I? We have, I have many freewheeling conversations with lots of members of Congress and their staffers. And I asked them one day during one of our sit downs, how many times does an aspiring illegal alien have to run the border before he or she succeeds? And I think it may have been Lamar Smith, maybe someone else. They were very intent on working with me. This is after uh, 9-11. And they said to me, "Uh, you mean there's a number? I said, no, there's a formula. It's one more than the number of times they get caught. So if you're willing to get caught numerous times, you will ultimately succeed. And it's not just the Mexican border. The Mexican border only accounts for 2% of America's border. Do you realize that? Yep, I know we have a- America has a, over 100,000 miles of border if you include our coastline. Yeah, no, of course. We have the East Coast, the West Coast. We have the right. Northern border. I get it. Michael, before we get into that, which is very important, <clears throat> I would say that, and we're going to use the word Biden as though he's functional and he's in charge when he is, and he's a symbol. Yeah. The name is mm-hmm. a symbol. When I say Biden is invading his own nation, I believe that is a fact. And when I say that 90 percent of the people I see in this latest wave seem to be strong, strapping young men without women and children, it looks like an army is coming in. How many of them would you see as a former? I would say you were a, a consultant to the DEA and FBI. Would you say a certain percentage of them are drug dealers oh uh, undoubtedly but but i want you to focus on the number 19 19 19 okay you know why no 19 hijackers on 9 11 killed more people than we lost to the japanese fleet at pearl harbor on december 7th 1941 19 no no i yeah but i need to deal with what's going on here's the reason i'm saying this 
Yeah. If you look at the the and these were open hearings. I don't know why no one's referencing them. There was a hearing back in 2018 about how Hezbollah has flooded Latin America. Yeah. Flooded Latin America. Flooded America with drugs and sleeper agents working with the human traffickers and the drug smugglers, now pretty much one and the same, to flood America with drugs, people using the drug money and the alien smuggling money to fund their terrorism around the world and create a base of operations for their terrorists that could strike in the United Wait, States. You know this. I know this. Millions of Americans know this. You can't tell me that this clown Mayorkas who I'd like to talk about in a minute, doesn't know this. He must know what you just said is true. Of course he does. And it's worse. And I wrote about him when he was uh, when they were talking about him being the head of Homeland Security. He worked for Obama as the head of Citizenship and Immigration Services. Oh, God. Now, now let me tell you, by the way, I began my career as an immigration inspector at Kennedy Airport when I helped Arizona with SB 1070. I described that four year stint in that inspections booth at the airport is the time that I had my eye to the people on America's well, you front were door. actually working on on the line at the inspection booth. Yeah, for four years. So when I watch one of these cable channels at night where they show the smugglers getting frisked and caught, you are one of those guys. Well, I was at the airport at the port of entry. Yeah, yeah, no, but there's a show on TV. Oh, yes. Yeah, I did. Yes, I, I've seen that show. Yes, that's I did that work. Yes. And when they years. pull people look suspicious yes. and they give them a fresh and, job. Well, that was part of it. They're, they're more concerned with customs. We were concerned with immigration. Then they cut us in half. And let me tell you, the way DHS was put together by George W. Bush violated the Homeland Security Act. Oh, boy. And it was the Republicans who had me frequently testify to provide a counterpoint to Bush. Immigration was never supposed to be sliced up the way he did it. He did that because it destroyed the agency. And this was a, de a de definite decision. I want the people who are listening to this podcast to understand more of what you're saying. You worked for the former INS immigration, immigration and naturalization. And naturalization. Yes. You're saying that was broken up by DHS, by Bush. Bush. OK, there we go again. By Bush, by by Bush, by Bush, by Bush, by the rhino Bush. OK. Well, but, you know, I, I, I don't let him get I don't let the Republicans get off that easily because he was the head of the Republican Party when he was the president. OK, but look, if, if we don't understand the way that both parties have sold America and Americans out, we're in trouble. We, we have to understand. The Savage Nation. It's Savage on demand. Michael, we agree on this and we can sit and fetch about it <laughs> all day long. I got a smile out of you finally. Finally. But why can't we do something about this? Well, he, he, so here's the problem. I just want to quickly talk about how DHS was messed up, and then we'll go from there. They were never supposed to cut Customs and Border Protection from Interior Enforcement, ICE. Okay? It should have been one. In fact, when I testified before the Immigration Reform Caucus five weeks after 9-11, I was removed as an agent the next morning, ostensibly because I had injured my leg during arrest warrant. Uh, arrest operations with the FBI and uh, NYPD. But it, so be it. The point of the matter was, I said, we need an enforcement tripod. The Border Patrol enforces the laws between ports of entry, the inspectors at ports of entry, and the special agents from within the interior, which has always been neglected and ignored for a reason. Because if you investigate illegal aliens from within the interior, you know what you're going to come up with? Crooked lawyers and crooked law uh, employers. Michael, again, I have to go back to the main question. This is an old problem. I focused on it for my whole career. You know about it. We're not alone. Millions of us know that it's based on corruption, based on corrupt mm -hmm. lawyers, based on the corruption of both parties. Yep. But what the hell do we, the people, do about a government that is so naked in its hubris yep. that they can take a guy like Mayorkas who will lie to Congress in one hearing after another. What we are experiencing in the United States is not unique to us. This is a regional challenge that requires a regional solution. Do you know that there are more than 1.8 million Venezuelans in, in Colombia right now? This is something that is being experienced throughout the hemisphere and the world, as we so powerfully see in Europe. Who the hell is Mayorkas? He looks so sleazy to me. Yeah. I get I get I get I need so, a shower when I watch him talk. So 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 let me just get, get to that. So I was an adjudicator. No one talks about citizenship. Why? TV is a visual medium. So there's nothing to see here. A guy sitting at a desk with a computer screen and an approval stamp. Meanwhile, that guy is America's locksmith. 
when you, you know, we're always told that if you build a 20 foot wall, they'll come with a 25 foot ladder. I could put something in an alien's pocket that makes the wall go away and it weighs less than an ounce and it fits in the alien's pocket. You know what it is? A green card, Mm -hmm. a U.S. passport. It's the key to the kingdom. No one talks about it, but think how dangerous. The 9-11 Commission focused on how aliens got lawful status as an embedding tactic in the United States through claiming political asylum and lying by marrying Americans and so forth. Mayorkas, when he was the head of citizenship and immigration services for Obama, ordered applications for visas to be approved, even when the FBI and Homeland Security investigations went to him and said, this one company has an involvement with Iranian terrorists. You must deny all of their visas. He said, go to hell and he approved the visas. ABC but, News did a multi-part. Who story is Mayorkas? He's, wait, I need to go into this guy. He looks weird to me. And I'm a student of, of faces, too. Yeah. He has a weirdness about him. And I'm using a childish phrase because sometimes children see the truth. Yes. He comes from Cuba. He's a Cuban immigrant. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. As far as I know. Yes. How did he inveigle his way up to this high position of being the man who has taken the keys to our kingdom and given them away to so many millions around the world? Even when he's warned by the FBI that people that he's approving are a danger to national security. How? How does he do it? Don't ask me and don't and don't ask me how this wasn't a prosecutable offense. That's the question I'm raising. You say this is going on. We agree. Millions of people agree. We know that Biden is invading his own nation. Okay, Mayorkas is the front man for this invasion. He was called before hearings over and over again. Why was he not impeached after the hearings? Because the Democrats don't care. See, this is the difference. The Republicans had me oppose George Bush, a Republican president. Many times they would call me up and it was almost a joke. I'd say, now what did he say? Now what? The- <laughs> well, we just gave him enough money to hire 800 new ICE agents and 2000 Border Patrol agents. He cut the 800 ICE agents down to 143. He cut the Border Patrol to 210. Do you want to come testify? I said, you want to try to stop me? Mm. And everybody would laugh and I'd go and I would testify. And I was told that Bush would have a meltdown in the Oval Office when he saw me testify or when he saw me on on TV. In those days, I was averaging 30 television interviews per month on all the networks. And then when Citizens United got decided where unlimited amounts of money could be pumped into political campaigns, Uh the climate shifted overnight. That's what did it. It was like someone flipped the switch. This is about money on a scale that people don't begin to understand. Well, I know something of it as a, a person who studied this. When I see, again, to use Catholic charities of, because they make billions, greeting him at the border with a, a welcome wagon. And, and I notice all of them coming here with nice haircuts. I need a haircut. I don't have the time. They have nice haircuts. They have new Nike sneakers. They have nice clothing. They're, what is going on? We got bums laying in our streets who don't have clothing or haircuts like that. And we're bringing in. And some of them are veterans who the, 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 the ones that are ho- that are homeless and can't get so it. Michael, let's go back for a moment, if we can, to the immigrants or if you want the invaders. I woke up the other day and was shocked, but I'm already shocked beyond being shocked. And I see that Biden gave away 250,000 cell phones to illegal aliens. How did this happen? What is that for? Supposedly, Why? that's how they're going to track I saw them that. because it's better. They, I'm telling you, I that, know that's the cover. That's the cover that's story. To track them. It's to help them do the drug deals. Listen, you explain to me why is it that El Chapo Guzman, the most prolific and violent of all the Mexican cartel leaders, set up New York City as drug central for his East Coast operation? Mm-hmm. It's the sanctuary policies. Okay. Understand that you have um, yeah. Eric Adams jumping up and down, having a conniption. Oh, they're ruining New yeah. York. They've sent us a couple thousand. The Pew Research Center made a point back in 2018. They did an investigation. I, I disagree with their numbers, but it doesn't matter. They said that New York had 1.1 million illegal aliens as of 2016, making it the biggest number of illegal aliens of any city in the entire country. See, New York has the greatest number of illegals. So this is the place where you sell drugs. And are there any commercials warning about drugs? No. Why? Because if you took drug money out of banking, Wall Street and real estate, they'd go belly up. The money is being laundered to the tune of probably trillions of dollars. 
And look how many lives are being taken. Wait, wait, you're saying are you saying that they're targeting immigrants with the drugs to use them? Well, in some cases they do. But the idea when I did my, my investigations into drugs, OK, this was back in the 90s. There was a nexus between human traffickers and drug smugglers. And there still is. And if you're going to move people into a, into a neighborhood like you know, Queens, right? Jackson Heights flooded. At first, it was the Colombians. Then the Colombians were replaced by the Mexicans. Why? <laughs> no, but there's a reason. Remember Miami Vice, the TV show? And then there was a movie. Sure. Most of the drugs were flowing into Florida. During the 80s, there's a wonderful documentary that people should see called The Cocaine Cowboys. All the violence, all the money that flowed into Florida on speedboats from Colombia. So we started interdicting the speedboats. So the Colombians said, this isn't working. And we're getting arrested because we were the Colombians are cooperating with American law enforcement. So they said, I know what we're going to do. We'll push the drugs through Mexico. They'll be our firewall. We lose half of our profits, but they will shield us from American law enforcement. And that border is a lot more difficult to interdict than the open waters between Colombia and and Miami, South Florida. Mm -hmm. And that's how the drug trade shifted from Florida to Mexico. This is a balloon. Wherever you squeeze, it's going to bulge someplace else. Okay, so it's hopeless. The Savage Nation. It's savage, uncut, unfiltered, and raw. By what I'm hearing from you, because of the corruption, because of the size of the border, because of the fact that most Americans can't care anymore, it's what? It's it's over? The country's finished? I don't know. I, I, it's, I To be honest, I and this, this keeps me up at night as much as it keeps you up at night. I have four kids. I have four incredible grandchildren. And I am looking at the damage that is being done to our country by our own right. supposed leaders. Sanctuary cities. Think about that. We're giving driver's licenses. Michael, I live in San Francisco. There's a heart, heartbreaking story here of the 1990s when some aliens killed a father in front of his sons and mother because they thought he was a drug dealer. They shot him dead in the streets. He was an ordinary Mexican guy. I've seen I gave money to that woman, by the way, the widow. So, Michael, I've seen this firsthand, what it's done to this city. Michael, San Francisco is a sewer. So is New York. It's a sewer. I testified at the murder trial. I physically deported a, 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 a Panamanian by the name of Ronaldo Reyside. He had a green card and lost it because of multiple drug and weapons violations. Okay. I put him physically on an airplane to execute a judge's warrant of deportation. He came back. The NYPD was prohibited from letting us know he was here. And reentry, oh. by the way, is a felony. I worked with Al D'Amato to make it a 20 year felony. It used to be a two year crime with no distinction mm. about about criminal history. We couldn't get people prosecuted for reentry. And the U.S. attorney said, well, it's only a two year rap. I said two years is OK for a dishwasher or a farmhand. But if you're <laughs> a dirtbag, this should be 20 years. I approached Al D'Amato. I got about yeah, he was good. 30 of my he buddies was good at the time. and Walter Connery, who had been the head of investigations in New York and a retired New York City cop who worked on the NAP, worked with the NAP commission. He had, had a law degree. We convinced D'Amato to change the law. Under Trump, it was the most frequently prosecuted felony for the entire Justice Department. So, so you're giving Trump some credit. Uh, absolutely. So wait, let me finish. <laughs> so this guy comes back. And what happens? He gets arrested twice by the NYPD. They don't tell us the third time he kills a 24-year-old cop cop working with Brooklyn South Task Force. I made lots of arrests in the old days with Brooklyn South. I testified at the murder trial. His wife was there. She was widowed. She was pregnant when he was killed. So the baby cop now the cop was killed by this dirtbag by the dirtbag I had deported. I testified at the murder trial. Where is he now? This wonderful uh, God only knows. Is he working? Is he working in the Biden administration somewhere? You know what? I I have no clue. But this is what we're dealing with. And when I look at every aspect of America that's being impacted, here's the question that every journalist should ask every politician on every level. How are your proposals? How are your policies in the best interests of the average American? Period. Full stop. Okay. Come on, you're a you're a you're a guy who's been around the block. You think they care? You know they don't. No, but I'm telling you what should be asked. That's the if this is a government of the people, by the people, and for the people, what people are we talking about? Certainly, it's not the American people, are we? No. And you see, this is the tip of the iceberg. And so you have the republic or, or the or the Republicans, the conservatives, whatever, saying, "Oh, the Democrats are looking to import voters." 
No, 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 no. It's far worse. The Democrats are looking to crash the U.S. economy so that everyone is dependent on the party of the handout. You actually believe that that's the whole Venezuelan you know, syndrome? Oh, I, us- what else could you believe? I wrote it. Well, no, I mean, I've seen this since 2014. I've been actually writing about it. Well, I said this country will become Venezuela if we don't stop so, it. So- and it started really in, in, in good measure under uh, uh, Obama. Most of these immigrants have been here a long time. They work hard, often in tough, low-paying jobs. They support their families. They worship at our churches. Many of their kids are American-born or spent most of their lives here. And their hopes, dreams, and patriotism are just like ours. Well, under Obama, it started with the amnesty of Ronald Reagan. And by the way, the number that they keep talking about, three and a half million, it was supposed to be one million. That's not the true number. They're telling us now they want to legalize 11 million. Let's stop for a minute, because for years I used to joke at the number that they all use in the news, that there's 11 million illegal aliens for 20 years. I've been saying on the radio, no matter how many come, they keep calling it 11 million, 11 million. I kept saying there's at least 40. What do you think is the actual number in our population? At this point, God only knows. And so many make false claims. But let's say it's 40 million. And let's say if we had a massive amnesty program, yeah. 25 million aliens would come forward. Now, realize no interviews, no field investigations are possible. Immigration fraud would be rampant. So here's my question. And it's not the same question as what is the color of George Washington's white horse? It may sound like it, but it's not. <laughs> Got it. That's funny. OK. How many aliens would get lawful status if we legalize 25 million? All of them. No. <laughs> probably a hundred million plus because they can you know, because they bring their families right in. well not the extended family but their wives and children now understand what that means how would america cope with an influx of a hundred million minors who immediately have to be enrolled in school now think about the environment i wrote an article for front page magazine where i where i suggested or i i, I beg if you're going to do any change to immigration law do it with start with an environmental impact study There's a drought in the West, right? Now, we could argue about why it is. Climate change, I believe, has nothing to do or very little to do with human activity, but that's for another day. But whatever it is, we do know we have a serious drought, and it's not getting better anytime soon. Do you know that every person, I did some research, requires 100 gallons of water a day for sanitary purposes, for cooking, for drinking, on and on? And that doesn't include irrigation of crops that need to be eaten by people who are here. 100 gallons of water per day. If Biden let in 4 million, that's 400 million gallons of water per day being used that otherwise would be available. It's a good argument and a rational one. Have the so-called eco-warriors picked up on this? I doubt it. I doubt it. But is it an unreasonable question? It's a good point. We used to hear about uh, a population bomb. In the 70s, that would do the country can't sustain any more people. That's all we heard from the left. Not sustainable, unsustainable, right. sustain. That was the big watchword. I haven't heard the word sustainable no. being used with regard to illegal aliens. Have you or, or even legal immigration? So, so let's go to that point. You bring someone in. They all have an environmental footprint. They need water and sewerage. They need electricity. Right. They need transportation. And their sewage needs to be processed again but and their garbage needs but, to but be understand up. what we're talking about right i do understand and, and the it more very people well. you put on the road the more there's congestion the more that the price of gasoline or electricity will go up the more that the system will not be able to cope if this isn't a decision to systemically crash america's environment it's it, it, it's not just the money it's the environment it's the capacity to feed clothe shelter um educate what, well you brought up the drought and so you made a good point about the number of gallons each person needs yep. so we hear four million have been ushered in by the corrupt biden a gang and you're saying four million if it's that low times 100 gallons a day is Ooh. that's it's four million people needing 100 gallons a day yeah that's 400 million gallons of water a day yes a day a day do the math the numbers don't how many, lie. How many? You, you think that that has something to do with California's uh, water deficit? I, I I don't. But I'm saying if you have a deficit, is that the time when when you have the money to buy two pizzas? How many people do you invite over for, for dinner? 
A thousand? I hear you. Home of Borders, Language, Culture, The Savage Nation. Michael, let me summarize for my listeners. We have a corrupt Democrat machine. That is a given. We know half the Republican Party is no different than the Democrats, at least half the party. They're Republicans. Yes. Okay. Republicans, Republicans, Republicans. I call them Democans for years. All right. I call them Republicans. It's all the same. Democrat, Republican, Republican. They win tails. We lose. Yeah, that's correct. And um, we see the crime. We see the drugs. We see the fentanyl deaths. We see the environmental impact. We both see it. And we're immigrant sons. Now, here's a here's a key question, because I keep hearing it in my head and I've heard it for years. You're an immigrant son. You're Jewish. You're a minority. You're an immigrant son. How yeah. could you dare talk about these people the way you do when they're just like you? And I say, if I'm just like them and these people are just like my people, can you please show me the Einstein that has emerged amongst them? Can well, you, and I'm going to say it. Can you please show me the Stravinsky that has arrived from uh, Central America? Have Can you show me the Einstein? Can you show me any of the people that have come in who've done anything in this country of any merit on a grand level? I don't see them. Well, but but but, but, but let's let's even step away from that. So so let's just be very clear. Why? I've arrested people from the country from countries around the world, including Israel. My very first fraud investigation in 1976 caused me. Because it was supposed to be a nothing case. I was a brand new agent, less than a year in. An Israeli came in. An Israeli came in with an altered passport and lied. Yeah. So the inspector turned it over to investigations. My boss handed me the case. Uh, for the first year, you don't go to the bathroom without a senior partner at your side. The year was coming up. I was finishing my training. I passed all my classes. He said, "Why don't you just sit this guy down? He's in the lockup and take a statement." I became very concerned about him. He kept calling Israel Palestine. He was from the West Bank. I called up the Israeli National Police. They didn't want to come, but eventually they did. And while they're interviewing him, I started to search him because I noticed his shirt didn't fit properly. Mm. I didn't notice it when I was questioning him one on one. But now that I sat back and allowed the Israelis, because this is their citizen, to question him, I'm looking at him saying, gee, that shirt doesn't fit right. So I told him to take it off. He didn't want to. He's in detention. So but for security reasons, you could strip search prisoners at any time. So I said, the shirt's going to come off one way or the other. You're going to hand it to me or I'm going to rip it off you. But I want to see what's in your shirt. <laughs> like, I like that. I like that attitude. Well, but, you know, that's what it is. And so off comes the shirt. And then I realized why he didn't want me to see it. There was a pocket sewn in the shirt. In the pocket was a schematic hand-drawn ink diagram with Arabic writing. I don't read Arabic. So mm-hmm. I turned to the Israelis. I said, I'm sure you could read this. Yeah. They looked at it and they freaked out. It was a schematic of their oil refinery. It was a plan to blow it up. In, he in was his, here, wait, oil refinery in Israel. In Israel? In Israel. So what was he doing here with with that? Get to get the money. He was here. He had a money connection. Oh, he was here. selling he the, the terrorism to some local. Well, he, the, the, see, the, the terrorists don't only blow stuff up. Lots of terrorists have support roles, getting the money by committing crime, by selling drugs, by working. However, which way? You know, we sent three astronauts to the moon. I got to see some of our I got to meet some of the astronauts who went to the moon. So you have three guys sitting on a rocket with an army of a half million engineers, technicians and mechanics behind them. Right. They they get to ride the tip of the spear. But there's a big organization. Oh, yes. I've them, seen. Right. The same thing with fighter pilots on an aircraft carrier. I've, you got a couple of hundred fighter pilots and thousands of crewmen. I've been on the Stennis as a guest of the media with my son watching these heroes taking off in those F-21s at night. And you see the afterburner. amazing these men are who fly those jets and i know what it takes i know about the thousand men below men and women by the way below making it possible for them to take off on that runway that's right and and i did a little single engine flying as a kid my original dream was to be an aerospace engineer i do an internet radio show blog talk radio that was started by a guy who was a top gun instructor we're still good friends tom garcia he's an american airlines pilot but he was a top gun instructor in the navy these are incredible people but my point is that you have terrorists in America who will never attack a single place. They will take photographs. They will provide mm-hmm. a bed to a stranger when they get a phone call. They will provide money. This guy was here to get the money to go back to Israel to get the explosives. The Israelis were able to grab a half dozen 
would-be co-conspirators about a week before the attack was to happen. In in Israel or here? In Israel. In Israel. Well, now, you raise a good point about terrorism, and this is a, an odd conundrum for me. You know, we haven't had an act of terrorism in this country that I can think of under Biden. Well, so far, no. Why? I, 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 I never speculate. No, but Mike, Michael, I, wait, you're in this business. But, have but open again, borders. We have open borders. They're not screening anyone. And we have uh, a president who hates white men, allegedly, more than anyone on the planet, and says domestic terrorism and white supremacy is the real threat to America. How have we not ha- had a terrorist attack? Speculate with me. Well, I, I don't speculate. That's that, that's that's ah, not come in my on real now, house. Michael. Oh, oh, no, wait. Let me let me explain why you can. Is it, is it is it willful or not? I don't know. There's too many moving parts. Okay. What I do know is you probably have sleeper. Not probably. I, I would bet anything that you have sleepers waiting for the day that perhaps Iran um, has action taken against them because of their nuclear program. You mean to be activated here in America? Yes, a- a- absolutely. In fact, there's been hearings about the threat that we face from Iran in this country. So okay. they're laying low. Maybe they're waiting for a, a and, that, and that and that's and that's exactly. But maybe they're waiting for a Republican victory to to uh, be activated. Michael Savage, a host like no other. So we both assume that there are sleeper agents in the country. There's no reason to assume there aren't. Right. Okay, they're here. No one is the I is the um, ice. Is there any agency in this country that is still actively looking at terrorists in the FBI, for example, or they're focused only on white supremacists? God only knows when I went to the DOJ website recently to look up terrorism investigations, it focuses on American uh, extremists. Right. Oh, Lord. That's what I'm saying. But but understand the problem. okay? now you have, by the way, you have six thousand ICE agents for the whole country. Think of how crazy this is. And you have people like Ted Cruz. And I'm writing an article for Front Page magazine. I just submitted it saying instead of eighty seven thousand IRS agents, we need eighty seven thousand Border Patrol agents. What what is this about bringing in new IRS agents to harass the taxpayer? Wait, wait, let me let me finish the thought. I don't want to lose track of this for you. Come on, I can follow your thinking. No, no, I, I, but no, what, what I'm saying is why Border Patrol? But a government run by intimidation. Yes, of course. We, we, we have a government like Mussolini ran Italy as a government of intimidation. Hitler ran Germany as a government of intimidation. Yes. You would agree with me that Biden is running the country as a government of intimidation? Look, this is the, this is the, the fantasy. Remember, Nixon wanted to have his political enemies list and go after them yes. with the IRS. And he was stopped. Well, it's now happening under Biden. That's what they want to do, I believe. Okay, so we are living in a a sort of dictatorship, obviously, with his friends in the media covering for him. But again, Michael, we have to go back to the main question, which is, is there anything that can be done to stop this insanity? Well, again, it's about, first of all, getting the American people to understand the issue. And I just want you to make I wanted to make a point. This is really an important point, Mike. I don't mean to interrupt you on your own program. Well, it's okay. You can't help it. You're from Brooklyn. I can't help it. Exactly. It's and in, and you have to have DNA, but I'm used to it. OK, and you have to have hoods, but to be from Brooklyn, right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind. I don't mind. I can handle it. So. So here's the point. Why are they calling for more Border Patrol agents? What we desperately need are ICE agents, because there's a willful desire to not have interior enforcement. And that's where you find the bad guys. OK, the Border Patrol mission is interdiction. Once you get past the Border Patrol, Nothing happens. And you have sanctuary states giving driver's licenses to illegal aliens. Terrorists aren't using airplanes they're using motor vehicles. The bombing at the Trade Center in 93, you had an illegal alien rent a truck and another illegal drive it. A month earlier, a shooting at the CIA by Kansi, a Pakistani who had applied for asylum, bought into a courier van service that had a permit to park in the CIA parking lot. That's how he killed CIA agents. We've seen terror attack after terror attack involving motor vehicles, right? And what are we doing? Giving illegal aliens driver's licenses while they put up barricades against car bombs and truck bombs. Seriously? And then there was a hearing April 17th, 2018, by the House Counterterrorism and Intelligence Subcommittee on the topic, the state sponsors of terrorism, an examination of Iran's global terrorism network. One of the witnesses was a gentleman by the name of Emmanuel Ortolenghi. He is with the Foundation for the Defense of Democracies. Two quick paragraphs. This is what keeps me staring at my ceiling almost every night, Mike. 
Now, this is what Odo Lange said, and none of oh, the wait, other witnesses. No, I hear you, but I want I want to focus on now, and I want to ask you, Michael. This is now. But this will is our now. bold peasantry go gently into that good night? Are the American people that defeated and that weak that they the cannot American be- people are that foolish? The American people are that foolish. When you were Look, focusing on Kanye West and Kim Kardashian instead of what's going on to our country. Absolutely. And then the, who's going to win the Super Bowl and who's going to win the World Series? Right. All, all of these so are a nation of morons, questions. in other words, in plain English, a nation of so, idiots. Right. So here's a here's a hearing. And here's what the guy said. This guy's an expert and none of the other witnesses disagreed. Sometimes you have back and forth. No, the guy's out of his mind. This isn't. No, everyone agreed with him. In recent years, Hezbollah, all right, think, you think Hezbollah, you think Middle East. Hezbollah's Latin American networks have also increasingly cooperated with violent drug cartels and criminal syndicates, often with the assistance of local corrupt political elites. Cooperation includes the laundering of drug money, arranging multi-ton shipments of cocaine to the United States and Europe, and directly distributing and selling illicit substances to distant markets. Proceeds from these activities finance Hezbollah's arms procurement, its terror activities overseas, it's hold on Lebanon's political system and well, its efforts. Most both- Americans don't care about Israel. That's the absolute truth. This isn't about Israel. Well, what is it about? Us. But well, let me he- finish. How does Hezbollah threaten us? If you let me finish, I'm, I'm, I'm two sentences away from finishing what he said. But you're reading something when we're having a conversation. I can follow what you're no, saying. No, 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 because been- I'm, I'm using the words of a man who is an expert on Hezbollah. He's that's why I'm quoting. Who? Dr. Emmanuel Ortolenge, he's with the Foundation for the Defense of Democracies. The hearing was focused on Lebanon and its threat to America. I read the topic of the hearing. That was the topic of the hearing, Mike. But I asked you at the beginning of this subsection of our discussion, why have we had no terrorist attacks in America to date? And we don't know. It's a conundrum to me. Well, it is. Some have been thwarted, perhaps, and and the others may be waiting for the right moment. Perhaps they're getting what they want without the need for explosions right now, which is whatever their goals are. They're they're flooding America. They're using America as a cash cow. They've always done this even before 9-11, even before the 93 bombing. Right. America's always been the cash cow for the for terrorists. Okay. But here is what the guy said that that you should focus on and your listeners need to focus on. This toxic crime terror nexus that is Hezbollah and the traffickers is fueling both the rising threat of global jihadism and the collapse of law and order across Latin America, helping to drive drugs and people northward into the United States. And you see those long lines of caravans, okay? It is sustaining Hezbollah's growing financial needs. It is helping Iran and Hezbollah consolidate a local constituency in multiple countries across Latin America, facilitating their efforts to build safe havens for terrorists. You're a very bright guy. You've been so deeply involved in all of this. If we just had a conversation about this topic, I might learn something and my listeners might learn something that they don't know. And I want to ask the main question. America is being assassinated. Biden's border bomb has gone off and decimated our borders. We have no borders and no interior. Uh, We have drugs flowing in. We have illegal aliens flowing in. We have terrorists flowing in. In your expert opinion, can this be stopped? I don't know, in my opinion. I Fair don't enough. know. We don't because know. I, I will tell you, you had Mayorkas, who you talked about, saying that when people lie on applications for citizenship, they will take no action against them. You're an American and we will protect you. Realize that if you lie on an application for a passport or for a visa and it's connected to terrorism, it's a 25-year jail sentence. It's a serious crime. But he has said we won't pursue these. Uh, I woke up this morning and I said, can this country be saved? Because I know I'm going to be talking about immigration today with Michael Cutler. I've thought about this for so many years. And um, let's say Trump wins. We're going to do a, a let's say, a surmisal. And he does what he says he's going to do. Can you deport four million people that Biden let in? Is it possible to deport that many people? No. And, and, and you're talking really 30 and 40 million, perhaps. So well, No, let's say Biden let four million since we know. We know if can you deport any of them? You can deport some and what you need to do. And, and that was the idea was to crash that system. The, the immigration courts are so overwhelmed that if an illegal alien gets arrested, OK, it will probably be a couple of years before they go before an immigration. Judge. Well, that would all be changed. First, I would deport all the immigration lawyers. That's what I would do. Well, that's a good without start. A, without a hearing, I put them on a cruise ship and send them back where they came from, which isn't from here because of the way they're acting. But, OK, I'm just you know joking around right now. Let's finish up with this issue that we touched on before, 
that I don't think you completely discussed. Go ahead. We know the southern border is a sieve. What about our northern border with Canada? What are our problems there, Michael? Well, there were two press releases just issued in July by the Justice Department. One was about a guy who killed Syrian soldiers on behalf of ISIS. He's a Saudi living in Canada. He was just sentenced to life without parole um, for his involvement with ISIS and the murders. And we have huge fentanyl trafficking operations across the northern border. Yet if you turn on the TV, all you're going to hear is crisis on the southern border. Why are we limiting it to a border that's only 2% of the total physical border that doesn't even include the more than 100 international airports in the United States? We're Mm -hmm. being distracted by the border. Not that the border isn't a huge problem. It's a very big problem. And by the way, the border wall isn't designed to stop anybody from entering. Trump did a lousy job of articulating what he was doing and why. The border wall was not designed to stop the entry of a single person. And most people don't realize it. Oh, it's the wall of hate. You listen to Pelosi and her nonsense. The border wall, if it was going to stop people, would have blocked ports of entry. It doesn't. So the border wall is designed to prevent people from sneaking past the port of entry. Okay, it's kind of like going to a baseball game or a football game. You're expected to go through a gate, not hop the fence and traipse across the field. You go to the airport. You go through a cattle run to see the next available TSA agent. Who in their right mind would get on an airplane if we saw people sneaking past TSA? You know, we mm-hmm. have millions of people in this country who snuck past the equivalent of TSA. And we're told that if you complain, you're a bigot, a racist and a xenophobe. Yeah, well, that's their rhetoric, right? Anything I disagree with, they turn you into a racist or a Nazi. Michael, final words on the border crisis. Look, we as Americans right. need to sit down with our with our fellow neighbors. And we need to have conversations. And it's not a left-right issue. It's not a left-right issue, Mike. We need to understand that if you can't keep people out who want to hurt you, if you can't keep out people who pose a threat, you're done. You're finished. You realize that our immigration laws, and I, I recommend everyone go to Title Eight, United States Code, Section 1182, because it enumerates the categories of aliens who are supposed to be kept out. It's aliens with dangerous communicable diseases. Well, what I've heard from you today has made me even more anxious than before we began, because we know it's big tech like the Zuckerbergs who want cheaper workers that we've known for years. They have no allegiance to any country. They have only an allegiance to the bottom line. We know that it's people like Mayorkas, who seems to be a almost a plant of Fidel Castro's machine into America to destroy us from within. Like, you know, what's the word that I'm looking for? Yeah. The Trojan horse. He seems yeah. like a Trojan horse. And he's in of charge Homeland Security of DHS. Yeah. DHS. And he's opened the borders like a can of worms. And it's just the border secure. And then we have and then we have a senile president who doesn't know if he's hugging an Easter bunny or uh, his wife. And what he's saying, he can't follow one thought to another. And waiting in the wings is someone worse than him, which is a machine character called uh, Kamala Harris, put there by the Willie Brown, Nancy Pelosi machine. And I live in the city. What the hell is the hope for the next two years, Michael? Will, will there be anything left to save? I don't know, but the Americans need to get to get their act together and stop seeing each other as adversaries. You talked about your children, your grandchildren. I talked about my children and my grandchildren. As an immigrant son, I cannot believe the country I love has deteriorated and come apart at the seams like this. And I want to thank you not only for being with us today, Michael Cutler, but hearing some of the things you've done in your life. I know that you have put your body on the line for this nation. You know, you yeah. worked there on the front lines in the INS. You worked in the Unified Intelligence Division of DEA. You were assigned to the Organized Crime Drug Enforcement Task Force. You work with the U.S. Marshals. You work with the NI- NYPD. And here you are sitting here telling me that it's almost hopeless. And I agree with you. And maybe now I won't go to sleep at all because I know America not only is being assassinated, maybe Biden's border bomb has assassinated America. How's that for a nice, depressing thought? I know it's supposed to end on an upbeat note, but there's nothing upbeat here. Where do we go? Well, again, it's up to the American people. This is the work Americans must do, and it's not a left-right issue. We need to find what makes us most similar, not what makes us most different. And because in unity, there's strength. And what they're trying to do is to destroy that unity. It should be obvious to everybody, shouldn't it? Identity politics and cancel culture. Well, Michael, keep up the good fight with um, my good friend, Mr. Horowitz, at uh, 
front page and his organization. I spoke before his organization a few years ago in L.A. I enjoyed it very much. It's a famous speech I gave at the Beverly Hills. Yes. One, I think one of the Beverly Hills hotels where he had his meetings, you know, that one, the meetings he has. And I got up there. I had not spoken. And I opened with, you know, it's a beautiful hall. And I walked in and it was all chandeliers. And I was, it was the time Trump was calling the third world a whole nation and stuff like that. He actually used the word. I looked up at the crowd. I looked at the chandeliers and I said, <laughs> what a shithole. And the crowd broke up at the laughter. Okay. we As do I. So I, I do like to joke around a little bit. If we lose our sense of humor, our minds can't be far behind. I'm afraid, Mike. Michael. Thank you for being with us today. And uh, anytime you want me, I'll be happy to come back again. That's a, well, well, the, God forbid, when we have a terrorism act, you'll be the first one I call. <laughs> There's a distinction. <laughs> how's that? How's that? Keep, keep waiting for the. <laughs> I got you to laugh. You're a serious guy. But, Michael, we got it. It's like a gallows humor, the two of us. Yeah, well, it is. And, and you know, the facts are stubborn things. But again, we need to make these people accountable. And it's not about the little R or the little D after after the politicians' names. It's about where they stand on the issues as individuals. That's what we need to really pay attention to. All right. Well, make sure that you take good care of yourself because the world you needs too. Michael Cutler. Thanks, Michael. Appreciate it. Be well. It. Be well. Thank you. Thank you. Well, thank you very much for listening to today's podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it and learned something from it. We have about 400 other episodes available for you to listen to absolutely free. You can go back into our vast library of podcasts and listen to any one of them at any time. And remember this, if you want to listen to my podcast ad-free, sign up for the Savage Premium Membership and get access to ad-free podcasts as well as some premium content from our Savage Archives. How do you sign up for those ad-free podcasts? Please visit michaelsavage.com for a link. Again, thank you for your listenership. This is Michael Savage.